I just, I feel like I've just been, I just feel like, I don't know, dude. It's just good. It's just good to see you. That's good. It's good to see you too. Yeah. Um, I try to squash feelings like that though, because there's latent issues that I haven't surfaced yet. Feelings when you're, when it's good to see someone. Yeah. What do you I mean? Like, like it? Like, I like, don't want it to be true. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want an attachment to form it's no it's it's like uh i mean it's something more subtle it's from the old days i don't know what it is there's just like an identity around like not loving not loving yeah just like being very being very like protected and and closed oh like it was a style that you existed in like that was kind of like your way of moving yeah, I think it all like I really adopted like the darkness hardcore and like during like this the major depression ninth grade, um, <clears throat> and then that became an identity. Like at the time, I guess it was like my experience, but then it became an identity. Like not feeling okay was an identity, all that kind of shit. It's actually interesting. Lately, I've been experiment like realizing that like um, like the depth of like how bullshit what my mind says about how I feel is because like I like I like challenge because it, it to me it seems like oh I don't feel great right now or something like I don't feel bad but it's like uh, I'm not joyous right now but like challenging that idea just like not believing what I see and smiling anyway, like the body will begin to smile and laugh. And then I'll see that like, I actually am joyous. That's yeah, really weird. I, well, I have, I have, that's, that's been literally, you just described what my last few days have been like. And, uh, I like, I spend enough time just not paying attention to the thoughts about what I'm experiencing that I haven't been able to reach the, the supplementation part of being like, no, you're joyous. <laughs> Your body's joyous because I'm just so busy trying to like, just not pay attention to whatever my brain is telling me about why things are occurring and what is occurring. Um, um, I'm routing money right now. Oh yeah. For the loan. Uh, I just got out of the Holger group, man, uh, dude, Alan, dude, it was great. And man, like, dude, you know, I was, I was just feel, I've just been feeling bummed out the last few days, dude. And like, I didn't want to go to the group because I was like, man, I'm just like, I don't feel like being around people. I don't have anything to add. I'm not feeling quote unquote spiritual, you know? And that's all uh, the stuff my brain was telling me. And I was just like, you can, you can ignore me, by the way. This is for the show. This is for the listeners, by the way. You can keep working. <laughs> just pretend I'm talking to the audience. So, and that's like, and that's the brain trying to convince you of things that aren't true. And so this morning I decided I'm going to go, even though I haven't shaved and I feel like crap and I don't have any answers. I don't have any questions. I got nothing. Yeah. Sounds perfect for that group. It was perfect. Yeah. Nobody judges, judges anybody. And. You can't show up any other way to that group and have a good time. That was my, that was, I was worried that this is, a, I was worried I was going to show up and bring my 
I didn't want to show up and, and bring my problems into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, because I don't know how to be anyway, anyway, other than I am. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm, so I end up, I'm, I'm sitting there and, and I'm just listening and just listening is what, is what helped really just being there helped. I didn't have to share what was going on. Pete. Yeah, that was a story that was made up. Yeah, it's all made up. Yeah, it literally had nothing to do with what the actual experience was like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pete, you can relate to this. Welcome to the show. We're rolling, dude, okay? So for we're me, what? what? What do you mean we're rolling? We're recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. Hey, team. <laughs> Roaring 20s with full effect. Yeah, we're here. Um, yeah, let's just go. Let's go right in. I, and this is the thought I wanted to share with you, Pete, because I think you can understand this. Yeah. So, you know, having a weird past few days deflated is probably the best way to describe it. Just kind of like grayness. The idea was... I used to think that I needed to go to a group or go to a meeting or something and I needed to share it like it was a um, something that needed to be spoken when I'm not feeling okay. Yeah. Um, I've since realized that that just that just kind of going there for that purpose is, is a way of continuing whatever narrative that I my identity or my brain is trying to latch on to to keep me wherever it is I am does that make sense what what are you saying like by sharing something or like wanting to get something off your chest essentially that like it's keeping you stuck in the same spot so like the desire to do that here it is <clears throat> I used to I used to use the forum the open space of a meetings place as an opportunity to share and figure, like I would share to figure out what was going on within me. Like I use it as a means of like psychological uh, discovery. And I just used the meeting as a space for me to do that. Yeah. And I've since realized how, how unnecessary that is for myself. Yeah. Anyway, how's your, how's your sex life? Hey. <laughs> great yeah yeah it's great what's been happening oh i mean i'll tell you it just it just continues it just keeps going it's like the the dot 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 at the end of a sentence just keeps going uh-huh <laughs> i don't know I don't know. You know, I don't know. I will say that having the perspective or the perception rather of just fucking letting go, just let go, stop getting your hands in things that don't need your hands. It's great. It's great. 
it's a it's a weird it's almost psychotic how much my brain tries to get involved in things that doesn't need to be involved in oh even uh other like if you just hear somebody else's conversation a person you've never met is talking to another person you've never met i'll automatically have opinions and feelings about what they're saying <laughs> yes. the most insane thing what am i doing <laughs> yeah just what walk. am i doing hey i got um I went on a little binge yesterday, and I, I started listening to my boy, David Lynch. Ooh, TM. He's all about TM, yeah? What a beauty. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting cat. Like, I was, he, yeah, like, it was super cool. He was talking about his creative process, and uh, he, was, he was trying to, like, he was explaining himself to this interviewer in Australia that had no fucking idea what he was talking about and uh like this guy's eyes were just like fucking dinner plates when he was listening to david talk he was like this guy is on a different different plane like you know like he was talking about like the surface level of existence right and like this this dream reality or this dream experience and then like cutting down to like this deep depth within about like where that's, you know, that's where the peace is and the serenity and like the expansion, like the expansion of, of self or whatever. And uh, this dude was just like, thanks for sharing. Like he, he had no fucking idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy goes, um, the, the, um, the dude is like, yeah. So like life is a, um, life is something like a dream. And um, Lynch was like, well, yeah, it's obvious that life is a, like, this is a dream. Like, this, that, like what you think is real is not. Huh. It was so plain to him, you know, like. Well, yeah, oh, to tell it, to share with us a little bit about, because uh, I've watched all of Lynch's YouTube videos. I've even sat in on some of his uh, lectures. He'll get on stage and kind of, he'll teach yeah. people that are interested in and uh, embodying his, 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 would you call it like a, it's a form of creative discovery or meditative discovery? How would you describe it? No, I think like for him, like he just, it just was an obvious recognition. Like he just recognized where the, where like creativity comes from. And like, it wasn't, it, it wasn't coming out of the, uh, it wasn't coming out of the mind necessarily. Like it was coming out, it was coming from a deeper place that the mind could then use. Right. Like, I mean, it was just, it was so cool. Cause he's like talking about how, like, yeah, like I just like the, and then, then the ideas just started coming and the ideas started coming and then they started coming. And he's like, I, I would have an idea. And then like, essentially what he said was like, my whole thing is not to fuck it up, like to stay true to what the idea is and let it expand itself like organically as it, as it goes. But then having the script and having all of the sort of the ancillary things like in alignment with what the, what the pure intention of that idea is so mm. like he was it was just really cool like a brilliant person so like not to um just looking at this like with examples of my own life like i'll have an idea about um yeah you know, i had an idea for a specific car i wanted like i, I wanted a new hybrid rav4 for some reason yep and then and that was the idea and that was what I felt solid about. But then like 
I started looking at this 29 or 2019 Jeep Cherokee and, um, you know, it was used. And so like freshly a lower price, I would get a nicer car with more features. Um, and all the stuff that sounded like rationally, like that's the better choice. Like, um, I can get more bang for my buck, all this stuff. And then I get the car and I just don't, I don't want it. I don't, I don't like it. It's not what I wanted. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense on a rational level, but the idea, see, I strayed from the idea. Mm -hmm. I had this vision of what I wanted, but I started adding stuff to it, modifying it like, Oh, it could be better if I do this. Um, and it's just, it doesn't make sense. Cause like, it's like, it's like a leap of faith because like rationally the idea itself doesn't seem yeah. like it stand on its own or like, yeah, exactly. I, like I gotta fuck with it. Like I gotta, I gotta be, yeah, I gotta get involved. I gotta, I gotta get it so that my brain signs off on it. Hmm. Yeah. That's happened to me so many times. And then it ruins the thing. It ruins the experience. It kills the, Yeah. Yeah, the oh. pure the purity of that of that gravitational pull towards the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's simple. It's just this is the thing. Let's go toward it. Yeah. I gotta dress it up and modify it. Um, can you link that video? I want to watch that. Yeah, I'll put it in. It was uh I've been a fan of his for a long time, but he he's just Sometimes I'll just go back and like binge on like listening to him talk. It's so yeah. it's, it's it's just great. Like I'm gonna send you something too, Pete. I sent it to Reed already. I, I sent um the a video of Daniel Day Lewis describing his creative process when he came when he did There Will Be Blood in an interview. Uh, I don't think he sent it to me, but he described it. Did I maybe I sent it to Pete and not Reed? Anyway, the, uh, the thing I love about David Lynch is uh, just the, the dreamlike nature of his films. It's like there's no, the way he directs everything about it. But I'll, I'll send you the, this Daniel Day-Lewis thing too, Reed. It's, it's incredible. It's like he's literally talking. He, he actually doesn't know what it is he's, he's creating. He's, he just understands his willingness to to move towards that thing. Like we just described, like he doesn't need to know when he feels that gravitational pull towards a role. And it's only happened five or six times for him in the film and films. But when he recognizes it, he goes towards it for the sake of discovery itself, for the sake of creation itself. He, and he was basically describing that the form that you guys are all seeing the form as me being this actor or being this character and that's just the manifestation of it, but it's not, it's not why I'm doing it. It's, it's, it's it, it, the way he describes it. Is it's more, it's more ethereal than that. Mm. Yeah. It's not, it's not something I can put neatly in a box and understand. Yeah. Yes. Put a fucking ball on it and pursue with security. Dude. And the yeah. kicker, the kicker was the interviewer asked him, he was like, so there's so much angst and, and, and anger in, in these roles. And so it's got to be something coming from yourself. Like you've got to know these emotional states to be able to communicate them. 
And he was like, he was like, no, it's a total absence of self when I'm there. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's pure. It's like a pure thing. And you can, you can experience, like I, I feel it when I, when I watch his, when I watch his films, like you just, any character he's played, it's just authentic, right? Like, which makes me, which makes me think about, you know, like the nature of emotions or anger or, or like the enlightened, the quote unquote enlightened person, not having those emotions. Right. But really it's just a total acceptance of these occurrences as they, as they unfold. It's not, it's not anything above them. Yeah. Or away from them. It reminds me of that story of the of the Zen master who who taught who taught at a Buddhist temple with his best friend, and then his best friend dies, and all his pupils are at the funeral, and the Zen master's crying, and the pupils are like, "Zen, like master, why are you crying so much? Your best, I mean, I thought you were enlightened, and you know, you, you all know you know this is impermanent, and you know we're all passing through." And the Zen master looks at him and says, "I'm crying because my best friend is gone." Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. But yeah, David Lynch is is wild, man. It's cool stuff. Um, and there's not many cats like that, you know, running around that are talking. Are talking about things no he had this thing where there was a like there was an actress that he was really uh he was like really bullish and he, like he thought this actress i can't remember her name but um he didn't have enough like money i guess to like put an ad in like the big paper to like recognize her and so he got a he got a big cow and sat in a chair with like a huge poster of her picture and name on it and like sat in a really popular part in like uh, somewhere in Los Angeles just to draw attention to like how great she was. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there are people like driving by in the street or whatever and they look over and they'd be like, holy shit, like that's David Lynch. He's like sitting with a cow. Man, I heard him tell a story one time. great. Who's who's the actor that you introduced me to? You sent me the YouTube videos. He's from Repo Man. The actor from Repo Man. I'm not sure. You sent me a YouTube video. Um, he's a bit part. He was an alien too. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lynch tells this amazing story of of hanging out with Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Basically, he describes just like Harry D Dean Stanton as the, the walking Buddha. <laughs> yeah, he, he just got so much joy out of just just hanging out with that guy. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because they showed um, they showed like some some uh, clips of uh, Lynch, like working like on a film. You know, and he knows he's always smoking a cigarette. He's always smoking. And um, he's just losing it on the set. Like. <laughs> he's like swearing at people and he like he like walked into a set one time and there was this like buzzing noise 
And he looks over at this dude that was walking with me. He's like, what the fuck is that noise? And uh, the guy was like, I think that's the lights. He goes, Jesus fucking Christ. Those things will drive you nuts. And he just starts like, <laughs> starts going crazy, you know? But then, you know, it's like a, it's a great, that's, it's like a great example of the, of the paradox, right? Like, uh, here's a guy that um, practice, you know, has been practicing transcendental meditation for a really long time. And like, the idea would be, well, this dude's going to be just chill the entire time. Whatever, like, he's just going to float, float across the water. And like, the thing I really appreciated about just learning about David Lynch was that he still has a human experience. Like he, it's obvious that he understands like what he, like what his role is, like what his character's doing, you know? Like it's not, it's almost like a, I don't know, like what a Bodhisattva might be, you know, like he's still playing, he's still playing the role. Yeah. It's, I think it's like a total acceptance of your humanity. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's just totally it might, authentic. It might not be conscious either. Yeah. Seems, like it seems like there are plenty of people who have access to this space or whatever. And it's not, it doesn't, it seems like to manifest in the way we um, uh, maybe um, perceive a like Buddha or a Zen master or whatever is rare, but like more commonly, it simply manifests as you know, a highly creative, authentic individual having their own experience in society while producing like original and noteworthy contributions that don't seem to come from themselves. Yeah. Like, it's almost like that's the, the more common and perhaps more fundamental um, outcome from this kind of um this kind of looking or practice or experience yeah rather than you know becoming the chill guru in a monastery with 100 disciples yeah i agree with that me too but we <laughs> yeah but we have this romantic image of we're supposed to become like the buddha yeah. when that's simply one of many manifestations of the same energy yeah that's like the that's like this uh the societal narrative right like in films and books you know like really anything that comes at me it's like oh you're like this is what it really looks like to be to be mellow or like to be you know yeah. in, in the flow in the flow right like i don't know i, I think david lynch is in the flow yeah. He's losing his shit on a scene, on a set. There's no reason that can't not be the flow. <laughs> right. It makes it's making me think of that film uh, Easy Rider with uh with Henry Fonda and and was it Dan, 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 um, who plays uh, who is the uh <laughs> who who is the bad guy in the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> um he Luigi? passed away, huh? Luigi? No, Luigi's a Luigi is a good John Leguizamo, a good guy. He played. It wasn't uh, Dennis Powell. Hopper, was it? It was Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. So, uh, and Easy Rider, it's like Henry Fonda is like the quiet kind of like awakened, culturally awakened, just aware, and then Hopper's kind of like the 
the the fire sparker you know kind of like they're on their motorcycles cruising through the country they're they're camping out at farmhouses they're causing a ruckus and it it is kind of like that it's like it seems like for some reason i think it's a western thing right like the western of uh, i like the 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 agency of the individual right clashes with this natural desire to to know or or not be what society is saying or what the cultural norms are and it manifests as celebrity as art as film as these quote unquote other professions that you, that are seen as not reasonable the same way a, 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 a someone in india who decides to sit by a tree for 3 hours could be seen as not reasonable yeah yeah but here's the kicker someone sits by a tree for three hours, people start to show up. <laughs> yeah, pointing. Somebody dances long enough, an audience starts to show up. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What is that quote? The, the people, the, the people dancing seem to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, and those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who couldn't hear the music. That's it. That's uh, Nietzsche. Right. Yeah. Which is another, which is another, like, you know, I, I really feel for those old, uh, the, the old Western philosophers like Kierkegaard and Nietzsche because they didn't have any cultural framework or context. And so they really, all they could do was think at a page and it, it would drive you crazy. Yeah. yeah. They didn't. Yeah, have they any... had a lot of mental. Some, a lot of those dudes had a lot of mental anguish. Oh it's, yeah. It's interesting how many of those those philosophers seem like when you look closely, or maybe not even closely, but like looking at them now, like they seem to have the qualities that I would attribute to an Eastern mystic, just filtered through like heavy heavy western thinking just heavily western conditioning yeah um but it's the same yeah those are our those are our mystics but then we take what they say at a intellectual level or our society like merely regards it as an intellectual exercise you know points to ponder that kind of shit i guess but yeah so there's this like there's this big disconnect though because like, like a lot of that's a lot of that information that i would consume um you know a, a good bit of it was coming from an experiential basis right but i have to look at it because of my limited experience i have to look at it as theoretical so it just adds it just adds so much more bullshit to my already bullshit yeah. head yeah. it becomes right? totally like, unhelpful yeah, like I got into the whole I got into the whole like transcendental sort of movement, like the whole like the romantics, the you know, the the reading Dostoevsky and Nabokov and like all of these like, you know, they were the right authors to be reading. And uh, man, like I just went into a fucking tailspin. Like yeah. I was not in the game at all. I was like walking around on a completely different fucking planet and mine was right and everyone else's was wrong. Yeah. And um, miserable. I mean, totally miserable. Like, I, you know, pontificate and tell people like, you know what, like you're, you're an idiot because you hang out with friends all the time. And like, 
you know, you do all this crazy shit. Like you just need to, you need to isolate and you need to like walk around in the world on your own and whatever. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, um, Henry David Thoreau said it, right? Yeah. Or, <laughs> it's, a, it's a new, it's a new club to beat people with. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like this hyper arrogant, you know, like the aggrandizement of the ego and the same thing with, uh, that happened to me with Krishnamurti. Like, how do you twist that? Well, I managed to find a way and it just became a new set of ideas. And that's, he's equally dangerous as taking a philosopher, uh, yeah. literally. Um, it just, it's a way to set myself above others. And, you know, I know this stuff now. I see the way it is. Yeah. And if I saw, then I wouldn't feel any of those things. But Yeah, I wouldn't have to say anything. Be like, yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a club to hit someone with. Yeah. So I did this. Um, I did this discussion lead yesterday at this uh, this big group in uh, Indicator. It's like sixty people, whatever. Uh, guy asked me to do it, and I, you know, come up with a topic and whatever. I was sitting there and was just totally, totally relaxed like no nervous energy at all, like just completely present and um, not caring about anything or any idea in that room. Like it was, I looked at everybody that was in that, in the meeting. Like I, I made direct eye contact with as many people as I possibly could. Uh -huh. And um, the meeting turned out to be like really interesting because only people that had any experience with what I was talking about could communicate a response. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like, no, no, nobody in that room, man, nobody in that, like there were many people that could, that clearly had no understanding of what I was talking about, but there was, there were, a, it was a very minute group of people that could, they were like nodding with me, right? They were like, yeah, I, I know what this dude's talking yeah. about. It was, <laughs> it was really interesting. And uh, I just sat there and I was next to my buddy who asked me to do it. And I just enjoyed the entire thing. And I like in my mind, I was thinking, man, this is really fucking cool. Like, I'm really experiencing some like non-attachment here. Like, I don't really, there's nothing I can do. Um, and I don't care like what someone even thinks about this like it was it was just a neat a neat experience you know man um, yeah it's great to hear that yeah because you know people talk like in meetings and stuff right or like really in any meeting um like you you can't ever you can't like you can't cover up the truth like you can walk you can kind of like spit around it but like when someone comes with something that's like, like on a soul level, like, you know, that's right. Or like, you know, that's in line, even if I don't know, like why it's in line or like, I just feel it. Like what, what this person is communicating is, is real. You know, it's like, it's an authentic thing. I won't talk about it if I don't have any experience. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like I'm unable to I'm on un, unable to speak. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're around somebody and they say something that's like right between the fucking eyes. And like I'm like, oh yeah, like this dude's got me, you know, dead, you know, fucking, you know, four ways to Sunday, right? Like there's nothing I can do. So I can't talk about it. Like there's no there's no corridor to like walk out and then like add to the bullshit. It's like it has to be it has to be in a, in uh in alignment. I've been ex- I've experienced an amazing capacity for certain people to have just a shield up against truth that it penetrates at no level in no way and they're able to proceed talking about bullshit um as if nothing had been said. Is that an in, is that on an individual level or like in a group level? It depends on the group. Yeah, I think it depends on the group. I've been in some. There's a, a group that I, I've tried to discussion lead at a few times, and it was like no matter, no matter what I said or how I phrased the topic or anything, it would always. It was just a bunch of people without it experience just sharing what they thought about one of the words that had been in my lead (laughs) right yeah and it was the most frustrating experience ever yeah like and i would literally say i'm interested to hear your experience about this specific didn't land. yeah no yeah yeah no registration yeah just impossible okay you know hey look i just need to share i've had a really rough day um, my day's been really, <laughs> really hard and I know this is off topic, but, um, I, but just, I, I don't needed, care. Yeah. yeah. I needed, <laughs> I needed to tell on myself and, um, you know, get this out in the open. That's okay. what I was, that's what I was talking about when you came in, Pete, I was like, I w- I've been guilty of that so many times. But there's that's- a place for that. There's a place for that if it's experiential and it's, it's not. There, there's the type of sharing where I'm just bulldozing the meeting. I'm not looking for feedback. I'm not trying to contribute. I just have this urge to vomit into the space so I feel better. But well, then there's this a type is, of sharing where. Well, this is where I got AA. I mean, where I got, where I got it wrong. I thought it was my responsibility to alleviate my alcoholism and addiction. I thought if I wasn't utilizing these spaces to to do something about my alcoholism, I was I was screwed. Yeah, that system. Yeah, that's, I get that. That's a that's a misnomer. It's a terribly hard idea to let go of, um, especially when it comes to something that I believe is deadly. Like that idea is hard enough to let go. Like the idea that I don't have to do anything in order to thrive. Yeah. I mean, that's in the the me I that has to do and achieve and force my will into the world is is almost genetic, at least in the culture that I was raised in. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. And then if you're and then if you're like, you know, uh, a fucking cycle like I was being thrown into, um, you know, every therapist in the Twin Cities, uh, including, you know, the school counselor that's coming to get me out of uh in school suspension 
to talk about my anger problems and my behavioral issues with this <laughs> and Miss Malin's second grade classroom. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Peter, look, I know you're struggling, but let's talk about it. What's going on? What's bothering you? How do you feel? I'm like, I don't fucking know how I feel. Like, I'm just doing what I want. This is like, you know what I mean? Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but that's the conditioning, right? That 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 cyclical conditioning, especially if you were a troublemaker or you were an outsider or you had, you know, you had issues, like you had all these problems. But you need to talk about your feelings, Peter. You know, you're um, you know, you're not you're you're not expressing your emotions. You're not talking about how you feel. We have to right? do something about it. We have to change. Yeah. It's not okay to be that way. Keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And you know what? Of all of those experiences, the one question I was I was never asked was, what type of environment do you live in? What about your parents? You know? Like, what's going on with your like your house? Like what's like what how does it feel? You know, it was always was always like on me it was always my problem at you know uh nine years old eight years yeah. old nine years old and i'm you know i'm bringing i'm bringing knives to my preschool classroom carving carving initials underneath the desks yeah. right like getting in trouble all the time and it's like oh you need to stop that like you're dangerous and like you're you've got all, you know you've got this and you've got that and then the psychiatrist says well okay we're gonna put him on some medication That'll mellow them out a little bit. That'll, you know, that'll, no, it numbed me to where I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to do anything. And um, then all of a sudden the medication would go away. And then there I would be back bringing, you know, a pocket knife to, you know, to school or swearing in the middle of choir practice, just, you know, crazy shit. Right. And, uh, but it's this conditioning thing where like people, people, you know, were, were prodding at me like a, like a, some cattle, you know, you need to talk, you need to communicate, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. And I'm like, you don't have any fucking idea what I need to do. Right? You it's just furthering your own agenda. Um and that's the coolest part about today is like I don't have to communicate myself in situations and environments where people have no experience with what I'm experiencing. I don't have to blab about it. So it's almost, and, and like, just to bring it back to what Reed was sharing, it's almost, and, and I guess it's, it's a learning experience where I, where I, I can't, like, if I'm, I, I got to recognize the environment I'm in, right? If Yes. Yeah. But what's is also interesting about your experience last night when, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm projecting here, but I think. I'm going to project. Fuck it, right? The project idea away. Karma, you are what happens to you, right? If you were sincere about this type of stuff that we've been talking about for over a year now, uh, eventually what seems to be occurring is, is, is I've become sharper. Like the, the truth on which I'm, I'm standing on becomes sharper. Yeah. And so when I arrive in an environment, it's, the, it's almost the environment's responsibility to adapt to what I'm bringing. Well, they automatic, they automatically will. 
There's not a choice in that. But then on the other side of that, right? And this is, I guess, the read, the read side and my side, which is if the environment is unwilling to adapt to what I'm bringing, it's on me. It's on me to take the hit, on me to recognize the absurdity of thinking I could bring what I wanted to talk about into a group of people that are just being people. <laughs> yeah, like, you know? like a stand-up a, a stand um, comedy show that runs every Friday night at the local, you know, the local joint or whatever. And there's 60 or 70 people like they would never book an opera singer to go perform at a stand up comedy show. Right. Right. Like. But that's that's an interesting. That's why I admire stand up comedians so much is no matter what their game plan is going in when they hit that mic, it's it's between them and the audience like they have to be able to adjust. They have to, yeah, they have to go like it's some, I think it's some form of magic what they're able to do with just language. Yeah, well, it's like going to a meeting, right? Like, I'm not going to go to a meeting where there's people that have, you know, a couple weeks sober and their skin's crawling and they're, you know, it's a, it's a fucking, it's just a shit show. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just what it is. Like it was a shit show for me. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not going to go in there and, and dump all my problems after having been sober for six plus years. Right. Like <laughs> um, I was in the shit show for so long when I went I know, to a place, when a place that wasn't a shit show, I was like, why would I go back there? Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Cause the thing, these the people thing are that well, me, the thing that helped me in the shit show was when some dude would get up there and talk about how he experiences himself today in comparison to where he was without doing the work. There was something though that I, it's like that, cool. but there was something to being tied up with others who were just as shitty as I was, you know, like just having that same experience of being in a shit show. It was positive. At the <laughs> yeah. time it was positive. Like I liked <laughs> yeah. going to the, the 10 o'clock at Triangle. That At the time that was a positive environment for me. <laughs> Now I would I like I would put on a a hazmat suit like like some kind of like mental hazmat suit before going there, but like at the time, it was helpful. I needed to be around people that were on my wavelength. Maybe I just mean, people in general, right? Like people that are hanging out and having fun, and it's not you know like yeah. See, I I agree with that to a certain extent. Right. But like there comes a certain point where I have to be willing to let that crap go in order to move on in my life. And it oh. fell away on its own. Once yeah. I got to a place where I wasn't interested in that anymore. Yeah, exactly. But I was, never, yeah. Yeah. I was working with a dude a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about that very same thing, you know, and this guy's been around a while, like cool guy. And, um, you know, I just said like, Hey, you know, if I'm going to a, uh, if I'm hanging out with some people on Friday night, right. And like, they're all sick, you know, losers that just don't drink and go to meetings and like do all this stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not going to dinner. I'm not going to sit there for 90 minutes in that energy and, and get fucking contaminated because it's problem after problem after problem. And yeah, there's like some funny jovial, you know, things, but like at the same time, the vast majority of it is just victimhood, 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 complaining, no buzz, no excitement, like no enthusiasm, right? Like, 
And I got to a place in my own life where I was like, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I won't be, I'm not hanging around that type of stuff anymore. Now I'm available uh, to extend my hand if needed, like to, on an individual basis, but not in a collective. Have fun. I think I would still go to. myself together are you back in the gym are you still going to the gym (laughs) i have yeah it's been a weird it's been a weird few days um what are you doing i yeah yeah no i mean i'm just kind of um i have no idea no idea it's uh when I it's just good to be here right now and like to get some smelling salts into my system and just to wake up a little bit honestly. Yeah. Like this is you know it's I guess I guess you know you 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 go off on your own a little bit, right? And you and and like I'm learning how to lean into this reality, right? And yeah. uh You know, and it's, it's, it's just a practice. It's just been a practice. Right. Um, it's nice. It's nice to have a space where to, to show up to where other people understand. And like, I don't feel, I don't know. It's just nice to be seen sometimes and to see and like to see you and see Reed. It was, you know, I don't know. I can, I can, I can kind of go all the way towards the end of the plank in some sense before getting brought back home just in my own being in my own way in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. I think. Going to the end of the plank before you start coming back home. Is that what you said? Yeah. Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like none of it's, none of it's in my control anyway. Like it's not anything out of the ordinary or there's it's not wrong or right or it's par for course yeah i think the uh, i mean to me i've kind of just accepted that the oscillation exists like that that's just a natural part of what's going on like there's just a continual expand there's an expansion and then there's a contraction every time like and, I, I, and I always try to stay in the expansion and that becomes the contraction that I'm trying to, oh, I, I realize I'm in a space I like, first mistake. Um, and then, oh, we got to maintain this space. And that makes the space smaller because I've, 
I liked the space because there were no limits. And then when I've decided, ah, I like this space, stay here. I just created a box and nothing is allowed to happen outside that box anymore. Yeah. And then there's room for discomfort and, and, and resistance and striving. That's the party town. You know, if you get out your dance shoes. If I'm looking at it, I think a lot of it had to do with the holidays. It was like everything kind of got disrupted because of the celebration and the easygoingness nature of holiday. Um, Reacclimating to a working schedule again has been it's been somewhat challenging. Well, I guess the question, so the question is then like, what, what is it that got disrupted that I've been leaning on that I didn't realize I had been using for support? Or is that a natural part of having a routine? Mm Yeah, because you're right. It's not any different. Like leading up through the holidays, my routine was continually being changed. Like whatever I thought how things were going to be going would get swept away in a matter of days. Like it was like every week there was a new occurrence, some sort of change. So the best way I can describe it, and I guess it's going to be really personal here, but like is, is looking at Eli. It's like, that's kind of become my compass point is how I interact with him is how I am or how he interacts with me is how I am in some sense. Um, which is interesting. Cause I was thinking about this, about what we were talking about yesterday. I think we were talking about this read was uh, the pointer. If you focus too much on the pointer, you miss the message or you miss the whole thing that's being pointed at. So in, in some sense, I, I think it's just it's 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 the accordion effect, like Pete was just saying. It's like, you know, you you exhale a little bit because things are going and then contraction occurs and then an exhale and then contraction. It's a an ebb and flow of of some sort of movement yeah for me it's just funny dude because i'll be like here we go again (laughs) (laughs) yeah here we go back in it so do you guys have plants Plants? yeah like growing things in your in like things that are growing my house is full of plants yeah you have to you have to have water um so yeah Reads for your face on that was so good. <laughs> so I have, um, I've got a, a few plants, like things that I, I water. And I was uh, looking at them last week. And they're, um, I water them the same. Like I water them when it's 90 degrees and I water them when it's 28 degrees. But they don't perform the same way when it's 28 degrees. Versus 90 degrees. Like. The leaves don't grow as well. 
and they sort of look shriveled a little bit right now, like a little shriveled, but I know they're alive. I know they're like, they're still green. I haven't killed them. And so, and so it got me thinking like, well, if it all comes from the same place or comes out of the same place and that's alive and then I'm alive, then there has to be something to be said for the, uh, like the environment, like the environment, like the conditions of the environment have to play some sort of role in that because nothing's changed. They're still, they're still the plants. Like still, I still do the same things. It's the same routines. When they need water, I give them water, but they don't perform the same way that they do. And it's, you know, uh, four more hours of sun or three more hours of sun or whatever. It's different. So I have, I have to be the same way in that, you know, mm -hmm. things, um, things ebb and flow and there's seasons of a year. Um, things change like constantly in flux. And so I'm going to have, I'm going to have different performances. Um, but I, 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 I believe that the recognition of that, like when I go through, and I'm not saying it's like every three months or whatever, I'm just saying like it, I think it kind of makes the case that there's like this, this flow going on. Right. And your, Mercury, um, your, your Mercury retrograde. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. I never, I, I thought it was all bullshit. And, um, I've talked to Reed at length about this, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things where um, I can recognize like, oh, here we go. Who know? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna, you know, it's, it might be a little bit difficult to go to sleep tonight, and we might not want to wake up as well in the morning, and you know, whatever, right? Like, I'll think about those things, and you know, I've gotten to a place now where I just don't really care all that much. I just I'll I'll lay awake until I fall asleep, and I'll wake up when I wake up, you know? Yeah. And that's, what's been so nice. I think about these last few days has just been honoring that, recognizing that. And just, it is what it is. My brain wants to try to come up with reasons and point at things. And like my brain goes to, okay, your body is an organism. This atom that is interacting in its environment is that doesn't seem to have the energy doesn't seem to be motivated doesn't seem to be all these things there's something that that i should do to improve it and that is just wrong mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly and you know yesterday when i was doing the talk it's so cool because I'm like not saying that the way I do, like the way I live and the way I experience myself today is like right. It's not, I don't know what it is. It's just that in retrospect, when you know in the big book it says you know Al Smith is this guy says well let's take a look at the record. I look back at the record as clearly as I can. I just don't like that. I just, I really just don't like it. It just wasn't, you know, like it wasn't, 
it was, I struggled a lot, you know, like I felt a lot of tension and a lot of anxiety and pain and, you know, all self-inflicted sort of stuff. And there was just no way I didn't have anything else to do, you know? And, um, today that's not really the case for me, you know, like I, I don't stay stuck, you know, that long anymore. I stayed stuck for 20 years, you know, and there were some glimmers of, there were some glimmers from like windows, you know, that were, that were clean, but it wasn't, I couldn't say that I was like interested in living the day. Like, oh, wow, it's, it's Wednesday. Like, let's, you know, cool. Let's see, let's see what happens today. I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. Another one of these, like, can these just end, please? Like, I just. I, you know, I don't even want to go outside. I, I don't want to do this, but like, I, I need to do this. You know, it was just a, oh, I got to go see the therapist today. I've got that appointment with Sandra. And then, it, you know, it's like just miserable. And then today it's, it's different. It's like, you know what? Maybe I'm not feeling super bullish about the day, but it's like, you know what? It's an opportunity. Let's see what happens. Mm. Let's just see what happens. Like, and that shift from being so, whatever that was, to where it is today like i it's just it's just nice you know it's it's like a it's like a breath of fresh air really uh even still like even even still it's not it's not uh so dark and you know it's oh, there were some rough moments yeah yeah it's I not it, go ahead reed um, well, you're talking about, you know, the, you kind of describe the same oscillation, I think, um, you know, there's like, we were talking about it, you know, a little while ago, these, the expansions and contractions. And I think I experienced, I think what you were saying and what I experienced back then too, there's just the, the periods of contraction lasted years and the periods of expansion and they always came would last maybe Maybe there'd be a few weeks or a few months where things were like, you know, pretty like I'm like, you know, in it, I'm enjoying it. Like I've got the energy for it. And then, then I have a two year period of contraction where it's just darkness. Um, but it's, it's like the same oscillation I've had all my whole life, except the periods yeah. of expansion get bigger and the periods of contraction get shorter. Yeah. Or they get quicker. They just like, I'll cycle into some not great but it just doesn't doesn't stick and also i think part of the you know what you're describing like part of the reason it sucks so much back then is because there was tremendous resistance to what i was doing i, I wasn't just accepting that was the way i was because i didn't want to be that way right you know on some level i did but like i didn't and i'm always trying to fight myself yeah. It's like a, a cell trying to explode. Yeah. Because it's identified itself as the problem. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, no, it was like, dude, I mean, I get it. Like, that was uh, fucking dark stuff, like, really dark. Um, it showed me, you know, the power of, it showed me the power of the mind and, and, you know, how, like, it was just a day, 
Like it was just a day and it was a nice day, but like I couldn't see the day. I couldn't even see what was going on. And uh, I certainly couldn't laugh at my, my behaviors. I couldn't laugh at my mental states. I couldn't laugh at my depressions and anxieties and these uh, massive circumstances and situations that I had to overcome. It was you know. very serious. Yeah, really, really serious, right? But, and that was, that narrative had, had been, you know, that, that had been um, accelerated, right, through the people and places in my life because, you know, I'd, I'd go to a mental, I'd go to the nut house, I'd get locked up for a few days. And it's like, you know, this is a big, Peter, it's a big deal. I mean, those, those things are easy to take serious because they seem to be of a, a fatal nature. Yeah, this is a really big deal, Peter. You, you need to get healthy. You need to get well. Um, we need to check on you every 15 minutes while you sleep to make sure that you're still here. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, this is really, really important, serious business. And I was like, you know, in that narrative, right? Like, and I'm not saying it's not serious. Like, that's not where I'm going with this. I'm saying for me, it it just shows the the spectrum of like how big it, how big of it how big it was and to where it is today to where like I can laugh at that. I can laugh at that stuff. Like I don't, I don't experience myself that way and I can find the comedy and how serious I had taken when I was the one fucking doing it. I was the one adding to the narrative. I was the one that was, that was building, that was putting shit on shit on shit on shit until I got to a place where, Oh my God, the only way out of this shithole is to end the human experience. Only way out is to end right. the human experience, right? Not realizing that my mind had done it the whole time. My mind had been doing it the whole time. It had just been, right? And then something cool would happen where like maybe pieces of that would get wiped away. And then I'd start building again, bang, 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 bang. Then I'd have some great accomplishment I did because I was good at something and I felt good. And, oh yeah, this is great. Like I'm finally becoming somebody. And But then, you know, Three months later, there I am, like on the floor, or like when I went to college, I couldn't sleep, so I'd have to go lay on the football field and look at the stars at four o'clock in the morning. You know, like debilitating, completely debilitated. The powers of the mind. Huh. That's the that's the weird paradox there, because like. There's a helicopter. <laughs> that was uh, that was really I, I enjoyed the de the description. It's fucking wild, dude. It's fucking wild. It's a wild ride. So the, yeah, the paradox is that like yeah, it's a serious situation. Like it's destroying me. Yet it's my actions. Like the simple solution is just stop. But that the thing I'm trying to solve is the thing I'm doing. Yes. There's a total disconnect between. But then, you know, now we recognize that like, I'm not doing anything. And like, I'm, it's the, it's the not trying to do that seems to lead to the absolving of those issues. Yeah. That whole deal, man. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about. We're kind of indoctrined in this, do things culture 
And to me, I experience fear and anxiety when I know I need to get a new car and I haven't done anything. So my brain starts kicking in, my feelings start to get involved. And I go, oh shit, like this has to, I have to get moving. But the move is to literally just observe it, just watch it and trust. And and also realize that you don't have to get a new car. You made that up. Totally. That That is not a condition that actually exists. It's a condition I've decided to believe in. Exactly. Why don't, I mean, Big Red's great. Big Red's toast. You can't fix Big Red? We can. Well, this is, this is where this, so read that. Throw some, (laughs) throw some spinners. (laughs) Yeah. Put put spinners on it. Don't fix it and sell it. I had a, I had, I had a, I did have spinners on my 94 Camry. Yeah. Big Red. Uh What, it doesn't charge anymore or what happened? No, it's just the engines. It's going to cost five to seven grand to replace the engine. There was like a coolant link or something. And then uh, the engine uh, like burnt out. Well, yeah, no. it's like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna crash and burn out. The check engine light just came on. I've had it checked by two places. They're like, you can drive it till it dies or turn it in for parts, basically. Yeah, well, why don't you just why don't you just turn it? You could you could just turn it in and uh, and then just get an operating vehicle with the with the with the turn in well i think we discovered that the uh you know the sale price for a car that had that issue fixed is more than it would cost to fix it so that there's profit to be made actually by fixing it even though it's a large amount of money yes that's what we discovered paid off so yeah yeah Yeah. it seemed like it was worth it would be yeah fix the car but yeah did a used car prices Putting five grand into fixes is actually definitely worth it. Yeah, fix big red. I'll throw. I'll put. I'll put some money into fixer. <laughs> we're gonna start a pay. We're gonna start a PayPal donation for all our. Start a GoFundMe page. We're yeah. starting GoFundMe. Help me. Help me help the the big red Prius. <laughs> Get big no. red back on the road. But the the Go the point. The point, the point I was trying to make is it was like, I don't know how this thing is going to solve itself. And that's the point. Like listening to what you guys are sharing, what Reed said, I have a trajectory and it wasn't, it didn't come from within my own mind. It didn't come from me. Like that's, that's what I'm, what I'm getting at is like the, the idea that I can come up with the solution to whatever the problem is or whatever the issue is or whatever the thing is. Um, it has has been had been the error of my ways in a lot of ways for a long time. But like yeah, see, on it, I don't think you give I don't think you give yourself enough credit there. I don't like I don't I don't buy the whole like I can't do anything, you know, idea. Like yeah. I I think the answer. I think the answers to any situation in the material space in the game of life is within me. Right. And, um, you know, certain people I can talk to that about maybe somebody that has experience, um, can maybe share something, right. That would make, it would be beneficial, but then it resonates with my, uh, intuitive nature where I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, all right. Yeah. Like that guy, 
that guy makes that makes sense. That's so that's then I can do something with it. That's true because that is true because, and I think it's an art. I I do not think it's a science. I think it is an art. I think it is something that art that that art is uh, needs to be exercised and it needs to be practiced, right? And um, the better that I can practice, right, like playing these things and then trusting my instincts and my intuition about what it is I want to do, um, you know, opportunities things start happen things start coming to me that never used to come to me in that in that way yes you know like that peter what about the hunch my brother what about the like you just know like you just feel it yeah and it move it moves you it moves you you feel it and you and it moves you yeah so it's more about like it's the difference between me doing something it's it's rather it's I, I follow something rather than I do something in the sense that I am forcing the thing I thought about to exist. But it's yeah, rather like I let the thing yeah I, I do I take the actions that are needed to bring into being right the thing that's happening. So right. there is a sense of agency there. Sometimes, sometimes it's baby steps. Sometimes it's as simple as making your bed or take, or taking care of your hygiene that starts the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, if, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about just, I'm just talking about the, like the games here, right? Like the, the buying of a house, the buying of another house, right? Like the investment of, of money, the, looking at opportunities to earn, you know, uh, paper energy to do things with. Like, I, I mean, I, it, I don't really believe that it matters all that much, but it, it's like, okay, there is this, there is this, this dude walking around, uh, that's going to experience this stuff. So like, well, what, how do we want to do that? You know, like what's the, and I just, I just feel that, Deep down within me, there's a guiding mechanism that a lot that can allow me to see to see bullshit, just to, to to feel those things and recognize those things. And that's why I said it like it's not a science. It's not like everything I'm going to do is going to be like, oh, I just have to do this and do that. Like, no, there's an into there's an intuitive thing. And like sometimes I've walked in alignment with that. Like I followed that, like what Reed was talking about. And then other times I was like, fuck, no. Absolutely not. I'm doing this. I'm going to sit in this shit and I'm going to do this. 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 And in retrospect, if I could have increased my capacity to follow my natural instincts. You'd be driving a RAV4 hybrid. Maybe. Maybe. Like I I had so many things, man, growing up the way I did. I had so many cool things like in looking back, like so many like splendid opportunities in the game of life, like just splendid, like just, you really couldn't ask for a better uh, platform in which to launch a life experience from. However, I <laughs> was not equipped or skillful enough to play with any of that stuff. I would do what I wanted all the time, 
no partnership with anything, no relationship to anything really. And I would just burn and burn and burn and burn and burn and burn and burn until it was virtually impossible for me to play any type of game, no game. And looking back on those decisions that I made and the things that I did, there was certainly an intuitive idea or an intuitive thought, a feeling that was like, Peter, you don't need to do this. It's okay. No, 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 no. But I want the new 335XI X drive. Yeah. Because it's got 320 horsepower and that thing is a fucking missile. And I'm going to blow the turbo out seven days after I buy it. And so with that, you know, the, the question is who, you know, who wants that? Is, do I want the, character. the car? The char- right, the character wants the car. And so it's like with, you know, these actions we're talking about, like I don't, I already know. And it's, it's not even on a conscious level. Like this, this being already knows exactly what it wants. And I, I don't have to interject these right. thoughts into right. it. I'm already in alignment. Like I can't not be. Right. So I don't have to. The idea that I have to figure out what I want is not true because I'm already. I'm that. That I am. Right. That. And the the mind, the conditioned mind, has ideas about what it's been taught needs to happen, and so it's the. The art is following me, myself, not the mind. the mind. Right. And then, like, and I, I, like, for me, it's a playful spirit, right? Like, it. These are. I mean, I have uh, enough um, paper energy to purchase a new vehicle, like a a, a nice vehicle, uh-huh. like. One that I have like pictures of, like on my on my phone, and I could that it, it is it is feasible for me to experience that vehicle. It is, but my whole perception changed. I'm going to keep fixing my car and keep servicing the car that I have until the fucker doesn't have wheels. <laughs> I'm going to keep driving that car. Right. That doesn't mean I might not buy a, another car, but I'm going to I'm going to continue the because that compulsion, that obsessive compulsion that I grew up with, that I was somebody or something if I had a nice vehicle like that. I don't experience that today. It's not a, it's not important to me. Right. Like that idea or that attachment is, is no longer part of my experience. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny I think it would be really, really funny to be a dude that has a, a car, like he's driving a car to a really nice restaurant and the boots that he's wearing on his feet cost more than the actual car. <laughs> I think that would be funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to drive a complete junker to a five-star resort and be walking around with $60,000 on my body. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that I would be interested in doing because I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not that's because the, it's serious. That's the experience that can't manifest when I, when I rationally review the situation and make decisions. Right. 
but yeah, there's not, there's right. that experience is not better than, you know, having the nice car. There's not a. And also nice having car. the nice car, having the nice car, isn't, uh, isn't the, it, like, th that's not the answer to the compulsion either. Like that isn't, that, no. it doesn't matter. It's just like, it's, it's like your life as a painting and the decisions are strokes and it's creating this beautiful mural. And if you start, if you start with the like the the what you want the mural to look like, you miss you miss all these individual strokes of, of what it's turning into. And all of a sudden you do have the cool cufflink, you know, just little choices you make on a daily basis creates the mural of your life. Little things. And when I look back at my life over the last five years, having gone from no, like no resources really, like I mean, I had all the resources, but I wasn't aware of the resources. Like I wasn't aware of the partnership. So like going from playing zero games, all the games are done, can't play any games, to all of a sudden being able to have options and play different games, all that shows me is that following intuition and following those thoughts and uh, moving kind of in that art form, right, provides me with uh, a life that I'm interested in experiencing. Like I'm, I'm curious to see where it continues to go. I was not curious operating solely off of my mental power. I was not. So bottom line is you're not designing it anymore. I have a say, but I am not, but I am not forcing that into fruition. I'm not forceful with it. The I'm say, allowing it to happen. I think, yeah, I think the say comes out automatically in the choices that get followed or not. I agree. I also I don't, agree. Yeah. The, the, my, I agree. My intrinsic fundamental say is exercised. And like, you know, there's at any time, there's an infinite array of possibilities for choices to be made. Like there's, but why is it that, you know, one thing gets followed and another doesn't even pique my interest? Yeah. And with that being said, there. at any given moment, at any given moment, I'm able to pivot if i don't have a concrete idea of how it's supposed to turn out exactly exactly that allows me to pivot. like my good friend reed carson buying a house in sea island and really not telling anybody about it <laughs> just doing it i mean yeah i've learned like great beautiful amazing if I tell I somebody that. about something I'm doing, like it's, I learned not to jump the gun. I have all kinds of ideas about what I'm going to do. It's a great move. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. I've got an, I've got one for you. <laughs> I love that. So, okay. Um, I've shared with Adam, I might've shared with you too, Peter. You know, I've been having some contention at work. Um, I made the mistake. It seemed like of being honest with my boss um, about like how I was feeling and, um, you know, we had this performance review and stuff. And instead of like, I felt like that the only thing I need to do is not say anything and just like fly under the radar, extract uh, RS, the remaining RSUs and then leave. But I, for some reason, I chose to do what seemed to arise on its own. And what seemed to arise on its own was telling my boss, frankly, what I thought 
um, about all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden there's this increased heat and scrutiny. I mess up my fly under the radar game. I blow that opportunity out of the water. And the whole time I'm like, why am I doing this? But every time I have a meeting with my boss, I was 100% transparent and honest. And I could not figure out what the fuck was happening. Um, but that's what felt true, even though it did not make sense to what I had imagined I wanted. Right. And now, so that question kind of resolved itself. So the R&D team is the one I've been trying to join for like three years. Bruno's the lead there. Um, and I've asked him several times to join the team. And he's always said no. And that's the team that kind of matches my work style. Like you get to experiment with new technologies, play around with stuff. Um, build new things and then pass off the project to the, the main team that will then you know, implement and maintain it. Um, now I'm joining that team. I don't know how it happened. I talked to a coworker and um, I'll be joining that team now. And unbeknownst to me, when I started any of this was that uh, they've also made the decision to relocate to California. So now I will have the opportunity to be paid to relocate to either San Francisco or Los Angeles. And that was, that's been my in, in game goal for years. I just had no idea how I would get someone to pay me to live out there. And it just, it just appeared like within the last week, it just appeared out of nowhere. Yep. This was not information I had. This was not information that I knew on any conscious level or subconscious, it was not, but uh, if I, if it had played out a different way, if I had been like, you know, I'm just gonna. Fly under the radar. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I don't know. I'd be a, I love that, I love that. Yeah, it was, I've absolutely no, I, I've been trying to do this for years. Oh, I know. It just happened and happened instantly. Oh, that's great. When I wasn't even trying anymore. I didn't even think it was a possibility. You're going back to your roots of Los Angeles. Yeah, well, it's not my roots, but it's rental my... car. Just get a rental car. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I spent over 30 grand on a rental car when I lived out there. <laughs> that's right. Out of, out of the trust fund I didn't know I was spending money from. Could <laughs> have. <laughs> yeah i know yeah, yeah it's good stuff the old rope-a-dope so now you'll have uh yeah that's great dude i mean i yeah i that's really that i mean that's just cool stuff because that's it's, um it's what we're talking about it's it's yeah. it's it's that's a great example it is that is it it is i didn't so try to do it i didn't know i was doing it i didn't know i was doing anything yeah other than not being I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. It wasn't even. I don't know. It's just like this house I'm buying right now. I don't know. Really. You You'll know, be in LA have two rental properties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, and Pete, me and Pete will be the caretakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to make some modifications to some of the rooms, but. Um, <laughs> we're going to get a wall for Pete. We'll bring his wall. <laughs> I'm going to have a couple of things added to the properties. Fun, fun things. Some decor. Yeah. I have a lot of plans and ideas. 
Well, we got a minute left. This is great. Good stuff, guys. Always a pleasure. Yeah, TBC uh, Wednesday. Yes. That's great. Au revoir, gents. See y'all. I like to stay until it until it cut until it tells me it's my time. No savings of money, a choice right now between fear and love.